podcast and the 29 Minute Mom podcast, actually. And today, my guest with me is Pastor Pam Washburn, and she is an ordained pastor from the Encounter Church in Athens, Pennsylvania. Welcome so much, Pastor Pam. Hi, Jennifer. How are you guys? We are doing great. And everybody um, listening today, I want to tell you that one of the reasons why I'm so excited to talk to Pastor Pam is, well, two things. She is going to be the keynote speaker at a conference I help with here in Western New York called the Eve Conference. We do it every spring. It's at the Northgate Free Methodist Church in Batavia, New York. And Pam will be joining us for the entire conference this year, which we're really thrilled to have you there, Pam. And I also, I'm excited to just talk about the topic of joy today. I think um, you know, there's so many people going to be listening today that are going to be really, really surprised on what you have to say about joy and how it differs, uh, differs from happiness and just everything that we can do to get more joy in our life. Because I mean, really who doesn't need more joy, especially a busy mom. So if you can start us off Pam today and just kind of tell us about your story and how did you become such a expert on joy? Oh, I don't know if I would be an expert on joy. I'm still a work in progress. But, um, well, you know, I'm the mom of four kids. Uh, I have a 19-year-old daughter and triplets that are 16. And, you know, when they came into my life, uh, there was a lot of change. There was a lot of uh, things that got turned upside down. And really, the, the having triplets kind of brought me to my knees and helped me to see things differently. Um, I was, a lot of times I was doing things in my own strength and it wasn't until I really surrendered and gave my heart to Jesus that I realized my joy isn't based on my circumstances. My joy isn't based on, um, you know, what's happening around me or even to me, but it's, it's really based on the condition of my soul. And when my triplets were born, I really, I really wasn't walking with the Lord. And, um, a lot of the things that were happening around me were chaotic um, they were um, noisy. <laughs> they were um, overwhelming many days. And until I really surrendered my life to Christ, I, did, I didn't realize that joy could coexist in the midst of that chaos. So, you know, it was really a journey for me to discover what real joy was. And I think it's a journey for anybody um, that really pursues Christ. So, you know, that's kind of a little bit about you know, how I, I kind of learned what jo- real joy was. Um, that was sort of my, my eye-opening experience, having triplets, four kids, and three of them being the same age. It was an eye-opening experience. I can imagine. <laughs> all at once, right? Yeah, all at once. <laughs> yeah. So in the... Um, during the conference, you're going to be basically covering three different types of three different topics um, under the topic of joy. One is just discover of joy. One is de- defending our joy, and the third is declaring our joy. So, talk about discovering joy right off the top, because you know one of the things that I've learned over the years, and you do talk about is that joy and happiness are not the same thing. And I think that may surprise some people listening. Yeah. Happiness is really based on 
your circumstances. Happiness is based on things that are happening outside of you. And people are desperately seeking to be happy. Um, They're really seeking joy, but they're calling it happiness. Uh, But those two words, you can't interchange them. Um, Joy comes from Christ. Joy comes from God. Joy is a gift to us. And it's not something that we can attain by doing more or doing this or having that. Um, But many times our culture is telling us over and over and over um, that you'll just be happy. You'll be happier if you have this. You'll be happier if you um, if you do that, if you're thinner, if you're if you were prettier, if you just had that job or this job, if you just got a raise, if you just and it's it's a never ending um, pursuit. And really that steals our joy when we pursue the things or achievements or things that are outside of us. We think that our circumstances, if they were just different, I would be happier. Um, but that's really not what the Bible teaches us. And so our real true joy is found in Christ. And he is, we are the source of his joy and he is the source of our joy. And so a lot of times I, when I started studying joy, because I was asked to speak at um, another women's conference in the Adirondacks and, you know, they gave me the topic, they chose the topic and they said, you know, we we really want you to speak on how to choose joy. That was the name of the conference, I Choose Joy. And I can remember um, thinking, isn't this funny how God does this? He, you know, I'm in the midst of another whirlwind in my life, um, and God wants me to speak on joy. Mm-hmm. I, I had just uh, lost my job. Um, uh, about six months later, my nephew died in a car accident. Two weeks after that, my dad calls and he says um, that he's dying of terminal cancer and he only has three months to live. And I'm thinking to myself, what in the world is happening? And I thought, how, Lord, do you want me to talk on joy when I've got so much sorrow all around me? And again, it just brought me back to that place where he found me in the first place on my kitchen floor with three crying babies and a toddler running around. And, you know, he just reminded me. Your joy has nothing to do with what is happening around you. And I'm the source of your joy. And joy can actually coexist um, in the midst of your chaos and, and your sorrow. But that's a, that's a hard lesson to learn because the world around us is constantly telling us um, that if you just do this or have that, you will be happier. Right. Right. Wow. That, that's, I'm sure just inspiring so many people listening, because when you're not, when you haven't gone through something really difficult, it feels like so scary thinking about the what ifs, Mm -hmm. like, how would I make it through this? Or how would I handle this situation? And just to know that regardless of our circumstances, we could still find joy gives you almost a feeling of freedom or of hope that no matter what, what happens in the future, we can stop worrying because we can still have that joy because it's not of us. It's of God. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in the Bible, it says, you know, that Christ endured the cross for the joy set before him. He says that God says that in Hebrews 12 too. And when you think about that verse, you know, you think about, you know, Christ went to a cross. There's, there's, I, I don't even know why joy is in that sentence. 
Mm. Um, but the joy set before him was each and every one of us. Christ endured that cross because he wanted to spend eternity with each one of us. And we were the joy set before him. He knew that when we surrendered and we trusted in him, um, that it's the, the cup of joy just overflows. And so we can even see in that one scripture sort of this idea, you know, that the Bible talks a lot about um, the cup of sorrow and, and joy. And it's like in that one sentence, in that one verse, we see Jesus enduring terrible suffering on our behalf, yet he does it for the joy set before him. And so the cup of joy and the cup of sorrow can coexist. And to think about the fact that I am, you are, the joy of the Lord um, does something to my soul. It does something to my, it says something about my value and my worth to God. Mm-hmm. And when I begin to embrace how much he values me, how much he loves me, and I just trust in that, the joy of Christ in me now wells up. And it doesn't matter what I face. Um, I, I had this experience, you know, watching my dad pass and my entire, you know, I've, I've, I come from a large family. I have um, nine brothers and sisters and I'm the last one. And so my dad was quite a bit older I and mean, I have older brothers and sisters. And I came to Christ early in my life and then recommitted my life um, when my triplets were born. But a lot of my brothers and sisters weren't walking with the Lord, and I prayed and prayed and prayed for them for years. And God brought each one of them to himself. But it took years. It took, you know, years of praying and watching and, and just believing on God for that. But when my dad was passing, um, my dad and I had had a conversation uh, before, and I knew he was a believer, and he had received Christ. And as he was passing, I watched as my brothers and sisters stood around him and like cheered him into heaven. Mm. It was, I mean, the saddest and joyful moment I've ever experienced in my entire life. And in that moment, I knew like the cup of joy and the cup of sorrow can coexist when you know Jesus. So I think sometimes people get in those places where it's dark and the shadows are heavy and the, the sky seems gray all the time and they're just seeking for relief. Um, but in the midst of that, they kind of forget that the presence of God that's there with them um, can bring them joy. And we just, we need to kind of refocus And it's not sometimes until we have those hard lessons of life where someone you lose, you know, someone you love, you lose them or, you know, you lose something precious to you that do you realize like, but Jesus is always with me. And in that presence of God, I can experience joy. So I think sometimes the hardest, the hardest times in our lives bring out the treasures of God and joy is just one of my treasures. It's just one of the things he's hidden deep in my heart that I just want to help people understand. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's so true that even in 
horrible situations, good things still can happen. And we have to make that choice though, right? We have to choose to look at it that way. We have to choose to keep looking for joy, even when it seems like there's none left. Yes. Yep. I mean, Christ is, um, he's a, he's a respecter of persons. He doesn't force himself on anyone. He, um, he stands waiting and we have to choose, we have to choose him. But even as Christians, as we walk through life, um, we can sometimes get just distracted, deceived. Um, we have to, you know, we're new creations in Christ, but the old battles, it's, it's, you know, for it's, um, for room in our brains, for room in our hearts. And we have to remember that choosing Christ, choosing to pay attention to his presence in the middle of our pain is a choice, just like surrendering to him for the first time. Um, we have to surrender our thoughts. We have to surrender our attitudes. We have to surrender um, maybe what we see, because there are times when all we see is uh, chaos and it doesn't look right, but there's there's more that God sees than we see, and we just have to trust that. And sometimes we just have to surrender even like, I don't see you, God. I don't see any of this, but I'm going to surrender my vision to you, and I'm going to see by faith. And it's it's a choice. It, and sometimes in the hardest parts of your life, it's it's moment-to-moment choice. Um, there were many times where I, I would find, you know, try to find gratitude for the smallest things, and I would begin this, you know, walk of gratitude, and it would bring me joy because everything I could find to be grateful for um, came from God. And, you know, it, it, it's a difficult thing to do when you're, you know, when it feels dark, mm-hmm. but it's a choice. And it's, it's hard for us sometimes to remember that because we feel so much. Our emotions just sort of take over. And I think that's where, you know, I, I really like to talk about defending your joy because as Christian women, I think sometimes we, we let our defenses down um, especially when we get emotional about things and we don't stop to think about what, what are we thinking about? And we just yeah. feel all this stuff, you know, <laughs> as moms, you go through the day, right. And your kids are like making you feel a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah. And you, don't, you don't stop to think about what you're thinking about because you're feeling so much. So, yeah. And you talk about the stinking thing, the stinking thinking can, that was so funny when I read that, the stinking thinking. It's like, you know, sometimes I remember one of the pastors at our church saying one time, this always sticks in my head, is she says, too much thinking is like too much drinking. Yeah. And it's so true because sometimes you just want to stop thinking so much or yeah. get more control over your thinking. <laughs> yeah. And I, you know, I do, I, I'm going to do a breakout on this at the retreat. And it is probably one of my, lifelong, you know, goals to become a little bit more um, disciplined of my thought life. And as I've studied, you know, just the way the brain works, I'm fascinated by that. I mean, God creates everything about us and he creates our brains to work in a certain way. And it lines right up with scripture. And there are, you know, there are a couple of scriptures that I share, one from second Corinthians and one from Philippians chapter four. And 
basically both of the lessons from those scriptures, I could say, is just, you know, hold the thought. Sometimes we want to take our stinking thinking and we want to push it away. And we want to say, I shouldn't think that. You know, we say to ourselves, like, oh, I'm not a good mom, or, uh, you know, I, I have such a bad attitude today, or, uh, you know, I just, something's really getting me down. And we want to say, I shouldn't think that way. And, and you're, you're probably right, you shouldn't. But at some point, God is saying to us, that's, I've wired your brain in a certain way. I want you to kind of hold the thought. So when you have a bad thought, God says, you know, make it obedient to Christ. Capture the thought, make it obedient to Christ. Well, the language that he's using, it's like interrogation language. You know, capturing something is like capturing the prisoner, putting it in a cell and putting a spotlight on it and saying, where are you coming from? Because sometimes we think things that aren't from God. And we don't even stop to think, where's this thought coming from? We just, oh, I shouldn't think, I want to, you know, stop it. I just want to stop it. And sometimes we have to really look at it and say, I'm going to hold the thought. I'm going to interrogate the thought. I'm going to make it obedient to Christ and figure out where are you coming from? And if it's not from God, I'm going to send you right back. But until you figure it out, you're going to keep having that thought if you keep trying to bat it away. And the other part is from Philippians chapter 4, and it's just God gives us a to-think list in Philippians 4, 8. You know, think on all things that are right and true and, and praiseworthy. And he, he gives us this list. And if you were to just fill your brain and meditate some more on the things in your life that fulfill that list, you would find joy around every corner. But so we, we kind of tend to try to bat away the negative thoughts and we don't spend enough time with the good thoughts. And so I'm saying, Hold all the thoughts. Think about the stinking thinking and do something about it instead of just batting it away. And then fill your mind with the things that God is telling you to fill your mind with. And that's how you defend your joy because your, your emotions are um, in part uh, in response to what you're thinking, to what, what's happening in your mind. And we don't have to follow our emotions. We have to put the truth um, you know, in the engine part of the train, you know, and Mm -hmm. not the caboose all the time. Yeah. And we can control what we're letting into our mind. I think a lot of times, and I tell my kids this all the time is to be careful what you allow yourself to read, to, to watch, to listen to, because it all affects our mind and we're in control of that. So why, you know, why waste our time with depressing or graphic images and things like that when we can fill it with positive and that can just help us keep our mind in a better place even it it makes it easier to keep our mind in a better place when you're focusing on those things yeah yep and you know I talk a lot about like the whatever cup you pay you know so I kind of throughout the um the conference I kind of talk about these two cups and whatever cup you pay more attention to whether it's joy or sorrow or pain or whatever the other cup is filled with, um, you're going to experience more of that cup. And God is saying, fill your minds, meditate on these things. Um, and this is what you need to pay more attention to. And we, when we get stuck in pain, sorrow, chaos, grief, loss, we sent, we tend to, to focus on that, which is right in front of us, Right. Um, and we have to really work on being disciplined about pulling out a little bit, zooming out and saying, 
Yeah, but what does God want me to pay attention to? Where is God right now? Because he's with me. And if I looked for him, if I paid attention to his presence right now, I'm going to experience more joy. I'm going to experience more of what I pay attention to. Mm-hmm. You know, and I just, we did a podcast a couple of weeks ago about 15 minutes for your spirit. And I think, you know, in that podcast is what we talked about is getting up in the morning, morning and focusing, even if it's 15 minutes on God, on a devotional, on his word, and your whole day changes because you've already set the stage for your mind. Absolutely. And yeah, I think it's so powerful. And if just doing little things like that, taking control of how we feed our brain can really affect how much joy we're adding to our life, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I think, you know, as Christians, it's been, you know, I've been convicted a bit in my own life um, with what what I reflect, what I, what I project um, to the outside world. And, you know, I love, I love one of these quotes by um, John Wesley. He says, you know, our greatest responsibility as Christians is to give the world a right impression of God. And I, I you know, became convicted of that a little bit when I, I, I got on the pity train, you know, the pity party train. <laughs> and life was hard, you know, I, I, I could have stayed on, honestly, I could have stayed on the pity party train with triplets like forever because people would be like, oh yeah, you know, I can understand that, you know? And it was like, almost like an excuse for me to be, um, I don't know, feeling crazy all the time to not feel good enough to, you know, everybody would kind of look at me and go, yeah, I don't even know how you're doing it. Um, but are you you surviving with not enough sleep? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And it was like, I could have easily stayed on that pity party train. I mean, even though like I prayed for these children and they came and, you know, I was, I knew in my head that this was all part of God's plan and this was a blessing. And I was so like blown away by these beautiful kids. It still didn't matter at, you know, 930 at night when I just wanted to go to bed and they're all crying, you know, and you lose a sense of yourself a little bit and you lose a sense of that, that blessing in your life. And I could have stayed on that pity party train. Like, whoa, this is like really big and I'm never going to get out of it. And then they're going to be teenagers and I'll have to pay for college and three, four or five weddings. Oh my gosh. You know, and I would just go down that road and I got convicted because that's really not, um, it's not a reflection of the power of Christ in me and what and how I'm complete in Christ. You know, it's it's a reflection of my flesh and that stinking thinking. And why would anybody want to, you know, join the Jesus Club if this is what it is? <laughs> and I yeah. thought, you know, if it doesn't really change me, um, what's the point? I mean, somebody can go seek happiness and find short bursts of happiness in their life in other ways. And they don't have to surrender to this Jesus person. And I realized like, I'm not really being a good reflection and I really need to, you know, declare my joy and and have a defiant joy when it comes to, um, how, how I present myself to the world. And that really helped me as well. Like decide, like, this is a choice I'm making. And I'm not just making this because I want to experience more joy. I'm making this because I want to honor the one who died for me, who gives me eternal life. And 
I need that defiant joy um, because there's a world seeking happiness and they're really miserable on that journey. And there's always an excuse to be miserable. There's always an excuse. We could wake up every single day, each one of us, and come up with a reason not to choose joy because life isn't, you know, just all fairy tales and butterflies. It's hard. And I think what is you're saying is the most powerful is that even when you were going through, you know, losing your father, losing your nephew, and also, you know, raising these triplets, you were still wanting to be an example of joy. And that is what is so powerful because we all know somebody that's gone through something really difficult and we're watching how they're reacting. We're watching how they're going to handle it. And it's the ones that really stand strong in their faith that you think to yourself, wow, how do they do that? I want to be more like her. Yeah, because there's something eternal about that, right? When you're watching somebody walk through something that you know would crush anyone, it would, I mean, you know, losing somebody tragically or, or just, I mean, there's senseless things that happen. And when you see someone, I don't know, have a strength that just defies what they're experiencing. It's like, there's, there's something that draws you in because each one of us desires for that kind of strength. And unless as a Christian, unless you understand where your joy comes from, how to defend it, you're not going to be able to declare it very well. And you're not going to know why it's important to declare it. And it's, it's something that the world so needs. Like my friends, they just, who are not Christians, they need to know that I have a strength that doesn't come from anything I do or have um, materially. It's because of Christ. It's because of Christ in me. And so I, I want to reflect that. And that kind of strength is attractive um, when people are, because they know, hey, you know what? My life's pretty rocky too sometimes. And yeah. I don't do well. I, I don't get through it all very pretty. Yeah, it's so true. And like you said, who wants to, who wants to join this club if we're walking around feeling sorry for ourselves on a pity train and complaining and being negative. And we, we all know people that are Christians that that's how they spend most of their time and energy. And I think just taking a second to reflect that, wow, this is not the kind of example we want to be for, for Jesus. This is not what he wants us to do. He wants us to look and act and feel and, you know, be joyful, excited about life and be an example, because that's going to be more appealing to the people that are on the fence than the former. Yeah. And I, you know, as ambassadors for Christ, I think, you know, he, I think he delights in us when we are experiencing the joy of our salvation and when we are sharing the joy of our salvation. Um, Mm. And honestly, I'm the happiest and I like myself the most, and I'm the most joy-filled when I'm more like Christ. Yeah. Oh, good stuff, Pam. I mean, and I hope that, you know, my prayer for, for the conference and for everybody listening to this right now is that you will specifically make a conscious choice right now to choose joy every Mm -hmm. chance you get. And if you are in the worst, 
you know, time of your life and just feeling so lonely and sad that you can take a minute and pray that Jesus will help you find the joy. I mean, we have the Holy Spirit inside of us to help us with these things that we cannot do of ourselves and that Holy Spirit will actually point out things or even change, begin to change and renew our mind to think that way. And you can start with a prayer that could actually help you realize there is more joy around you than you can even realize. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. So I really pray that, you know, that's what happens here today. And if there's anybody listening that needs extra help with this, I highly encourage you to, you know, comment under the podcast to reach out, to email us, or if you are in the um, Western New York area in March, please consider coming to the, the Eve conference and just, you can find out more information about it on Facebook under the Eve conference 2017. But we are super excited to have Pastor Pam there and sharing our day with us. And I just, I mean, just this last 29 minutes, I've learned so much from you, Pastor Pam. So I'm super excited to find out what I'm going to learn on that day after hours of this. (laughs) Thanks, Jennifer. This has been fun. Well, Well, thank you so much. And I hope you have a very blessed day. Thank you so much. God bless.